I'm Dave Monaco, Alan Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to From My Angle. Hi everybody, welcome to the From My Angle podcast. I'm Dave Monaco, Alan Meyer Family Head of School here at Parish Episcopal School. I'm thrilled to be joined by Julie Lifcott-Hames. She's here today uh, visiting uh, Parish and the Dallas community to help us kick off Centered, a new partnership that we are uh, about to unveil with uh, the Grant Halliburton Foundation, and we're so excited to have uh, had her here today to speak to a panel of uh, speak on a panel with uh, about 85 guests over lunch, and then she'll be here tonight to speak to uh, uh, members of the community. You'll be able to access all of that content. So this is a podcast mini. We're going to really refine our conversation and talk about... A, we're going to go uh, off-road? We're going to go off-road okay, off on road. the topic of passion. Right on. And something that we uh, think is really important both in the education space and then where Julie does a lot of her writing and thinking about in terms of how parents cultivate it in their parents so, uh, and in their, their students. Kids. Yeah, so welcome to Thank Dallas. You. We're glad to have Thanks you here. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here at Paris. Uh, and you, what and an amazing community you have, I Thank just have you. to say. Thank I'm you. I'm really, really impressed. And uh, you guys are just really quite ahead of the curve here in terms of the progress we need, we need to make around offering rigor and balancing that with wellness. For sure. And that is, of course, where passion goes, because for me, that tipping point is somewhere maybe just after sixth grade. You know, and I say, people say, like, what do you really want to get done at Parish? Well, I want our 18-year-olds to be as excited to come to school as our eight-year-olds are. Uh, right? Yeah. See? If only. Yeah. So if what happens? Instead, they're tired and yes. burned out. What and... happens after sixth grade where school becomes a job, a transactional experience, yeah. and the passion just goes, just goes away right out of it. Well, I mean, what happens is their energy and light as humans gets snuffed out because we sort of put them through a process that treats them like little robots. Yep. Um, we, as I like to say, we arrive them at this future we have in mind for them, which is a very passive uh, word intentionally because the kid ends up feeling like a passive participant mm-hmm. in their own life. Yep. And what's the point of having passion if everyone else is telling you what matters and what you have to study and what your future should look like? So we're doing it. We are, without intending to, squashing, yes. squelching um, the animated life force in them, right. uh, which will allow them to discover what their passion is. And they have it naturally as children. And there's lots of participants in that we. There's the we college preparatory schools. Yeah. There's the we parents. There's the we higher education. Absolutely. Like there's lots of people comprising yeah. that we. You don't even like the word passion, you, you suggest. So tell me a little bit about well, that when you think about the passion of your young person. You're a mom of two. Yeah. So when you think about that, you have a dancer. Yeah. You have a, a an intellectual, things. right? A couple things. So the first is, of course, passion is a great thing. Mm-hmm. And I think what the average high schooler is passionate about is the fellow high schooler, yeah, you know, right. in their math class. Yeah, you know, right. And that's natural social. and yeah, normal. Social environment. Yeah. I mean, they're learning, they're, they're discovering themselves <clears throat> and they're in relationships for the first time. It's very healthy for a you know, 16-year-old to be passionate about another human. Um, but we've made it the norm that every kid graduating from a place like this has to have found their passion. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, find your passion, kid, quick. Yep. Why? Because colleges want to see it. So find your passion, which is a deeply personal thing. It really is sort of what matters to me so much that I want to devote my life to it, my one precious life. We've made it this utilitarian thing. Find your passion, kid, like it's a book hiding Mm -hmm. on a bookshelf. Mm -hmm. Go find it so that you can impress a college with it. And um, I think most kids haven't found their... I think most of us, let's put it in our generation, we're Gen X, 
Most of us hadn't found our passion by no. the time we were 17 or 18. No. We found it in college, or yeah, we found it in the afterwards. workplace, or we found it, we went to the wrong graduate program. We went to grad school, we hated it, yep. and that allowed us to finally say, you know what I'm really passionate about? It's this other thing. Yeah. You know, people find it. We want people to find it. It's the rudder that d- determines your direction in life. But to normalize the finding yep. of passion by the time you're 18, I think it's really, we're, we're trying to give kids something we think the college is expect them to have and i'd like to upend the whole system yeah wouldn't that be nice because you talked earlier about uh in, in our larger group about this notion of caged enrichment right so you know you you really and and the power of play like school is is essentially suffocating yeah. to the true exploration of passion like right. because to a great degree we teach we teach subjects for example most of us in disciplines yeah right so we yeah. don't see interconnectedness yeah. as well as we should we teach the history class in a segment of 80 minutes at our school yeah. at a particular day of, of, of the time of the week uh, our courses in uh, last a, a, a set amount of time yeah. you know it, there's just not enough natural exploration time to explore deeply in school what we mm-hmm. call voice and choice where yep. a student can kind of pick and choose where they're going yep. and that's very similar to what you talk to about parents yeah right in terms of how they set the same in some cases suffocating structure away from exactly. the school exactly which denudes the opportunity to go to points of exploration and passion and then we wonder why kids emerge from childhood depressed and anxious the evidence is so clear and so everywhere let me tell you something i was um recently giving a high school assembly and uh, I was telling the kids what passion actually looks like because we can articulate for them, you know, passion is something you care about and you really focus on and you hone deeply and you explore it in the curriculum and extracurricularly and so on. But I was trying to tell them basically how it feels, but by describing what it looks like when you see it in someone else. Yeah. I said passion, when someone has a passion about something, it, their eyes dance. Their eyes dance. Mm-hmm. When you're with someone who's really passionate about a particular topic, mm-hmm. even if it's some weird, obscure thing you yourself have no interest in, no knowledge about, you can't help but be engaged because they're so delighted, right. because it is their passion. Mm-hmm. That's what we're hoping our kids will discover, that yeah. thing that just lights them up yep. and makes them go. And even if it's wacky, weird, we don't know what job they're going to get with it, we as parents have to say, you know what, that's who my kid is. That's what they love. As Bill Damon says, I quote him in my book, he's a Stanford professor and he writes about adolescence. He's in the School of Education. He says, you can't give your kid a passion anymore that you can give them a personality. You know, you have to, though, pay attention to the spark of their interests. And then as parents, we can fan the flames. Fan the flames. In other words, look for the evidence and then whatever means you have, if you can afford to, you know, give them a summer school opportunity or a trip somewhere or give them a book on the subject, introduce them to somebody, that's what it means to fan the flames. But we're not giving them the passion or forcing them to have the passion. We're just supporting the evidence of passion that we see. Yeah, and as we talked about downstairs about this notion of authentic parenting. So sometimes what a parent will do is they'll throw a million passions in front of the kid and you're going to piano lessons. You know, I've got you set up to go to WOGA, which is a uh, after-school, you know, gymnastics physical program here. I've got you going to this lesson or that lesson. And, and it oh. becomes really what the parent is seeking yep. to pursue. This notion of really letting it authentically emanate from the child yep. and then backfilling it in, even if it's a little bit off course from what you thought yep. it should be or might be, right. you know, uh, right. is right. one of the great suggestions right. that you could give right. a parent, right? right? I mean, the whole notion of off course is another phrase that we just have to eject from childhood. Um, childhood whose course, is, right? Is, whose what? course are we talking about? Well, life is a wide open <laughs> landscape. Right. Yep. What, my sadness, I'm a former college dean, 
And I had so many students who were on a well-worn path. Mm -hmm. They were going to be STEM or econ or pre-med or pre-law. And why? Because someone told them they should be, or they had some inkling of an interest and someone decided that equaled medicine or business. And, you know, I was trying to get them up out of the trenches. There's security in the trench because there are people in front of you and people behind you and it's well-worn. It feels like, well, this is where people go. I'm trying to get them up out of the trench, look around at the landscape of life and opportunity there and literally... In the correct usage of the word, an infinite, infinite. number yeah, yeah. of careers and jobs and so on. And when a human does work that they're good at and they love, yes. that's when they thrive. It yeah. isn't about how much money you make. You can make enough money to support yourself doing almost anything. When the work is intrinsically rewarding, it becomes its own reward. You know, it is by definition its own reward. You don't need all the money they have to pay you um, to do the jobs people actually hate to do. And that's yeah. where the high salaries come. Yeah, so parents, are you are you allowing your child's authentic passion to really drive where there may be time away from school goes, or is it being scripted based on what you see their peers doing or what you see your peers uh, in the parental set doing? I'll tell you very concretely how we as a school are attacking this, because for us, whether it's our third and fourth grade students getting to do passion projects, which is essentially just a fancy way of saying unscripted time to pursue uh, something that's of deep interest to them, or our upper school uh, uh, rover team, robotics team, I walked yes. you through the den, right? Amazing. Uh, you know, where, where uh, it doesn't necessarily fit into a class period, we are looking to break apart time structures. So while we play by the rules that the colleges have placed upon us now for the necessary credits that have to be taken, they're not going to go away anytime soon, we are going to be continuing to try to find ways to infuse in our schedule periods of time that are more open for our kids to explore. On Monday, uh, uh, in fact, uh, next week, our seniors are leaving campus for the next five weeks in Parish Bridge. Uh, they are all over the city spending anywhere from 15 to 50 hours in professional or nonprofit shadowing, taking an online course in an area of interest to them, doing academic coursework in an area of interest to them. We felt that was a better way for them to spend the last five wow. weeks here rather than suffering under senioritis. Yeah. You see, so we're going to continue Beautiful. to be looking for these play spaces for our kids within the normal confl- uh, confines and structures of school that uh, evoke authentic passions. Yeah. That place where God's gifts can be deployed to meet um, a need in the community, Absolutely. in the world, right? That's what we're, that's what we're all about. You know, sometimes kids and parents don't know what they're passionate about. So I will get that question from mm-hmm. either set. You know, how do I help my kid discover their passion? Or as a kid might say, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And so to them, I want to offer this. Um, there's this concept of flow uh, pioneered by an Eastern European thinker named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. It's well, it's equi- well done with that pronunciation. It's try to spell try that, to spell my friends. Um, it's the equivalent of musicians being in the groove. Yes. Athletes being in the zone. Mm-hmm, right. For all of us, yep. we have access to this thing called flow, which yes. is a state of being where we're so enamored of our task we're so we're challenged by it but not terrified you know the skills required are slightly beyond our capacity so we're learning as we do but we're diving in deeper yes you lose track of time yes right you lose track of a sense of hunger or thirst you it's that thing you do where you look up hours later say oh my gosh i can't believe how much time has passed exactly that's evidence that when you're in flow is evidence that you're doing something that enchants and delights you and so as parents, we can pay attention to when does our kids seem really when lost lose in, in an activity. Absolutely. And often for kids, it's something like Lego or model yep. building. And you think, that's not useful. What are they going to do with that? What are they going to do with that? The people hiring engineers, they want kids who tinkered and made things as a child yes. on their own volition, not because some 
enrichment class told them to, but because they were drawn to it and couldn't extricate themselves from it. Yeah, and for, for the parish parents who've been reading about this whole notion of voice and choice, when we talk about in, in reimagining our program, how to bring more voice and choice uh, to the learning experience, that is exactly what we're talking about. It's the key or the doorway to flow. It's the ability for a child to say, rather than just following the adult curated curriculum, which is what our schools have been for time immemorial, the adult set time structures, how do I have some opportunity to decide with my voice and what I choose, how I come to understand content? How do I demonstrate my mastery to you in ways that are unique to my gifts rather, in the stand, rather than in the standard form that you're asking 18 people in this course to do that? And, you know, adults in their work world get this. You don't want to walk in and have the boss put a stack of papers on top of your desk and tell you that you were to work on these first today and have these back to me by 11 o'clock, right? That is seen as de uh, dehumanizing, de de uh, um, stripping you of emotion and, 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 and lacking in any sort of uh, uh, creativity, right? So we see that in our workspace, but we don't understand why we want to tinker with it in the school space. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, go march the steps. Do what your teacher tells you, follow the rules, study your review sheet, memorize it, spit it back on the test. You know, it's just all this rule-based area. So for us, voice and choice in the school environment is something that we aspire for for our, for our kids and that we're working hard to try to I'm try having to a moment right now. I'm sorry. No, you're, don't be sorry. It's a good moment. Yeah, I'm wishing that every kid mm -hmm. had a chance to be in the presence of the educators here at Parrish. Mm -hmm. Um, you're articulating things. Right. Most leaders in K-12 can't mm -hmm. or won't. Yeah. And imagine how childhood could be restored what feel like. to sure. a time of life of exploration yeah. and play where a young person feels loved and supported, where their life outside the classroom is as joyful as inside the classroom. You know, I'm just imagining, I'm going into this space of if only, you know, Dave's way. Mm -hmm. If only there were more, we could realize um, it. you know, folks like you who could find the courage and the support of their trustees and the support of the parent community and so on, and the support of the foundation like Grant Halliburton, you know, where you've all partnered and you've said something Let's has to change. Let's figure it out, yeah. Something has to change. The yep. current system, the traditional system, no longer supports kids. Yeah, what it would look like is, again, your 18-year-olds would be excited to come to school oh, as, your, as your 8-year-olds. And we're far from there, yeah. but I think the question ultimately is, is your school community at least going to endeavor to try and yeah. we've used uh, to your to your literary to your present literary place in your career we've used this year the hero's journey this notion that this unknown world uh, there, there's no there's no certainty of what the treasure will look like at the end there are no clear answers or pathways to get there but if we sit in the known world if we just if we just sit here and, and let this world happen to us uh, we're not going to realize change. So at least at Parish, while we have what, no uh, monopoly on the answers and, in fact, have a program that in many ways would look kind of similar to some other schools, we are asking the right questions I and are, are about five years into I think you to are. trying to figure it out. So thanks for joining us. It's Absolutely. been great to have you I here. I love being here. And uh, yeah. we, we will uh, urge everyone to uh, follow Julie on her uh, her Instagram, on her social media presence, to go get uh, – uh, to go get her books, to read about them, to watch her TED Talk, which has, at this point, over 3 million views. So she's saying something that's connecting with the, with the audience. And so uh, spend some time uh, ruminating on what she has to share with us. But it's been a pleasure to have her here. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Look forward to future editions of this podcast, which will feature my speaking to the community, the chapel space, my writing, and also, as in this edition, my visits to colleges and universities during this school year. 